You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in this here show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718, and new callers go directly to the front of the line. But we don't have any, so let's just get this thing started. Hey, hey, 1265, Ben! Howdy. So, don't kill me. All right. I don't watch The Office. Okay. The only Office I ever watched was British. It's not as good. Way better. No, it's not. Anyway. That's why it lasted like a season, and The Office in the USA is, went nine seasons, and it's the only one people still watch every single day, every single night. Nobody does that with The British Office. Oh, I've been watching it on loop for ten years. It's not better. You're looking for a Kevin. What about Garvin? Garvin? Can't keep you missed. He's not even at OTAs. Yep. We got Ben Ness. I'm not sure he'd be missed. Okay, there's your Kevin. All right, I'm walking home. That's why I'm out of breath. Bye. Maybe. I mean, Kevin was in it. He wanted to. He just, he's really, and people kind of felt bad for him, you know? Like, they gave him work that was already completed, you know? Like, they, they tried to make him feel like he fit in, but he didn't fit in. But he was a full-time employee. So, I mean, I, I would have to look at a guy... I hate to say savage, because they're so polar opposite in terms of upside and potential, and, and Kevin was never going to be anything. But, you know, it would be something like that, I would think. But, yeah, Garvin... Garvin works. What's going on, Ryan? Hey. There, I'm just giving you a call back, because you asked if people had, like, a player or whatever that worked for Kevin from the office yeah. to call in. And so I came up with kind of a short list of All right, let's players and Packers personnel that fit the office characters. I'll go down the list here anyways. So I'm going to start with Dwight. Dwight would have to be none other than Aaron Jones because he's just so dedicated. He will do anything for the team. And he's just, sometimes I might be like, dude, don't be so dedicated. What are you doing? But he is, and I'm very thankful for it, and he's consistently the best, and it's underappreciated by not actually well, getting... That actually to works. I was offended for a manager position. Um, and so he's just an underrated character that gives us all. Anyways, then you got to go with Stanley. Stanley can only be David Bakhtiari because he's only there for the paycheck and <laughs> really doesn't care. <laughs> And he's just kind of like, you know, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm here for the money, and I'm going to do my crosswords, so don't bother me beyond that. I'm going to yeah. do my job, and that's it. Yeah, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do it well. Leave me the hell alone. And I'm only, and, and, and I cannot wait for retirement. 
And then here's the one, the Kevin that you were asking for. Yep. This is gonna be weird. Two for but two. Clay so Walker is my pick for Kevin. All right. Because it's sometimes where it's like they can do the job well. Like if you do, tell him to do accounting and use pies, he's gonna do a job well. Yeah, but there's true. other times where it's like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you being so stupid? Don't push that guy. Don't. What are you doing? Anyway, you kind of get what I'm saying. I hope. Yeah, I mean, that kind of works if you think about it from a Kevin standpoint of just, what, what the heck is, what are you talking about? I could, I could, I could see it. But, yeah, anyways, so Oscar... The only problem is you could do that with half the characters. I mean, that could be Creed, too. <laughs> but it works. Obviously, Russ Ball, he just works in magic in the accounting department and everything. And then Toby, um, I'm going to describe him, and I think that it can only come down to one guy. Toby is a guy that a lot of people don't like for absolutely no reason. Never did anything wrong, but just because of the position he's in, and people just really just hate him um, for no reason. And that would be Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, um, there you go. He does a good job at what he does, but then there's people that Michael, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers, as I've been there you go. compared Aaron Rodgers to Michael in the past, just hate Brian Gutekunst and hate Toby. Um, and Gabe is going to be Joe Barry. Because it's just like, I still don't have a grasp whether I like him or not. And sometimes he does good things and sometimes he's funny and sometimes it's just like, what? Or, He got cut off at the worst possible time. Um, yeah, I think all of those work real well. The the Joe Barry Gabe thing, maybe. I think he's an underrated character, but I think a lot of people could think that about Joe Barry too. I'm not saying I think that, but that's that's a thing that could be a thing. But I kind of feel like it should be a character that is more universally like they should just have never been put into the show. Like, uh, what was the uh, and there's probably several, but remember when that uh, Idris whatever whatever guy came into the office? There's nothing good about that character. And, and, think about this. Everybody likes Jim, right? Everybody understands Jim is good at his job. He's kind of a slacker, but he's a good salesman, extremely likable person. But for whatever reason, he just doesn't like him. And, to make things worse, he is obsessed with Dwight and thinks that Dwight is like a super genius only to come to find out very later on that he was way off. And point is, terrible at talent evaluation. Putting guys in the right spot. In fact, remember when he put Stanley in charge of productivity? And Stanley's doing his crossword puzzle and looks up and goes, What the heck is his name? I'm, I can't... It's not Miles. I'm just trying to think when Michael said, I want him... Fi- I want... Dang it! Charles. Charles Minor. There we go. So, I would say I'm... On board with all of them, but I think Joe Barry is Charles Minor, and everybody's so excited when Michael comes back and kicks him out of the office, especially in this instance, Jim being Jair, let's just say. Very happy. But anyways, let us continue. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron just giving a quick call back because uh, I want to give my opinion on the authenticity of Joe the Janitor. Okay. Um, so as an actor... He, there are elements that make it seem like he's an actor. However, I've also been around a lot of janitors, and I've done that kind of stuff, and I've been around a lot of working-class people, and that's what I've done pretty much my entire life. I definitely get more rights of him being a janitor than acting as a janitor. Okay. Um, unless he's a phenomenal so actor, so I'm going to put it out to the world that he is indeed a janitor, or whatever he does right, right now. Um, so all I'm saying right now is that I hope that he gets along with his coworker because I've definitely been with coworkers that aren't great, um, and just bother you sometimes, but Joe, the janitor is a janitor and okay. it's not Joe, the actor. Truther. I just want to throw that out there with Got my it. personal opinion. And so I am a Joe, the janitor. 
truther. There it is. Keep up the genitation, Joe. All You're right. Doing good work. So the final tally so far, Bramble and Aaron are truthers. Kyle from Madison is a denier. So the truthers, 66.6%. Deniers, man, where you at? Thought we had more deniers out there. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron calling from Eau Claire once again for the second time. Um, thanks for taking my call last time. Yes, sir. Um, I was calling to kind of tag on to a discussion that um, was being had on one of the recent episodes about Minnesota Vikings fans. Okay. So I grew up in St. Paul. Um, so I grew up around uh, Minnesota sports fans. And um, I can tell you that when you listen to the radio stations talking about the Vikings, the Timberwolves, the Twins, all that stuff, um, they definitely have a sense of realism about how bad their sports history is. Um, growing up in Minnesota, I can tell you that um, Minnesotans are generally very aware of their sports misfortunes throughout the years. Um, there's not a lot of championships really for any of their franchises, unfortunately for them. Um, and so um, there may be a few, I'm, I'm sure every fan base has their uh, fans who kind of go out of their way to be annoying, but um I do think, generally speaking, uh, most Vikings fans seem to understand their uh, situation pretty well. I don't think, I don't hear at least when I when I've listened to like the sports radio talk shows um, in Minneapolis, I, I haven't really heard anything uh, that they are less realistic about their expectations. So, anyways. Just want to know your thoughts. Thanks. No, I, 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 in my limited interactions, would have to agree. Um, every fan base is going to have a group of people that are completely unreasonable, including our own. Um, and I'm sure as a Packer fan, if I were to go on social media and start talking crap about the Vikings, they would come firing back, and a lot of stuff they would say would be stupid. That's just the nature of the business. Um, but I think in my general interactions with people in the NFC North, the only people that I've found that are completely unreasonable are Bears fans. Um, I think everything that I'm hearing about the Lions, for the most part, and, and I don't interact with a lot of Lions fans, I can't even find a lot of Lions fans, I've heard that they're completely miserable, that's possible, people out in Minnesota, and I'm listen, If you, I grew up in Illinois, I know what it's like to deal with constant just you know you're a Packers fan and that's like just your very presence just infuriates them and causes them to go into a freaking meltdown mode right but just in a larger scale and I don't necessarily want to use the national media because that's not really the point but just everything in general that you're hearing about the Vikings and in fact when I go on YouTube and I listen to like Vikings this that or the other it's a whole lot of I would say they're even a little bit more pessimistic than I am there, there, there might be certain things that I'm a little bit more down on in terms of maybe their process. Their GM is a big question mark for me right now. Which again, Bears and Vikings fans were so obsessed with their GMs, which I, I hate when some unknown commodity comes in and you find a reason to just gush over them. And again, I know every fan base does it, but it's like, come on, dude. The guy hasn't done anything ever as a GM. You don't know if he can do the job. But anyways... I, I haven't really tuned into a lot of Vikings off-season stuff, so I don't exactly know what they're saying. I probably should just to kind of get my finger on the pulse, but a lot of the Viking stuff is just a lot of complaining. I mean, first of all, what I've realized is half the fan base is split on Cousins. Half of them think he's a good quarterback and he's being used as a scapegoat. The other f half of the fan base thinks that he's the thing like holding the team back. I tend to fall on the first side. Maybe it's just because he plays really well against the Packers. I know he can have issues at times, but that's almost every quarterback in the entire NFL, including Aaron Rodgers, right? Oh, he's great, he's great, he's great, he's great, he's great. And then you need him against the Lions to get into the playoffs, and he craps in his pants. Need him to stand up against the 49ers? Nope. Terrible football game. 
and Dak Prescott does it, and Jordan, uh, heck is his name, Jalen Hurts did it. It happens. You're not going to, if you're, if you're wanting to replace him, a guy that is consistently grading out as like a top 10 quarterback, it's not to say you can't do better, but it's more likely that you end up going, getting worse. It's a lot worse. If you just take all the quarterbacks, most of them are worse than Cousins. We'll just put it that way. You're not going out in free agency and replacing them. And the majority of draft picks are not going to be better. Unless it's a really deep quarterback class and you're drafting really high, just don't do it. They just seem so desperate, like they really, really want to. They just they can't quite, you know, because they play too well, they draft too high, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But even beyond that, there's, there's mixed optimism, skepticism, and it, and it all seems relatively rational. I don't think anybody, although they might be a little higher on their defense than I am, I don't know, I think they understand. Last year was a fluke, even though they didn't want to admit it last year. I think they understand that there is a regression coming. I think they understand there's some serious issues with their defense. And I think half of them are less optimistic than I am about their offense. In fact, I think, you know, if, if you look at, for example, the national media, and this is why I, I, I'm coming down so hard on the Bears, and you've heard me go at the Vikings. It just depends on the situation. There are times when the Vikings are on the hype train for no reason. Or, you know, what was it? Yannick Ngakwe, when everybody was just obsessed, and this is the greatest acquisition, and it's I, I just lost my freaking mind, because I'm like, this is the dumbest crap I've ever heard in my life, and Vikings fans were all about, oh, you're just some biased pack of fans, and it's like, no, the, the freaking information is right in front of your face, but the point is, I think you've got two teams that are underrated. The Packers are underrated, because again, we've talked about it, Rodgers left, therefore your team sucks. Okay. Nobody else has Rodgers except the Jets, but okay, okay. I guess I guess everyone else is allowed to be okay without Rodgers, but we're not. Other teams will be fine with unproven quarterbacks. We can't be. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, it's not, but we'll leave it alone. But the Vikings, I think, are another one, and again, it's just a narrative. Oh, they, they won. They're, they're going to regress. They're gonna, yes, they're going to regress. It doesn't mean they're going to be bad. You're talking about an NFC North where everyone's like, mm, I think everyone gets about seven wins. If the Vikings regress down to nine or ten wins... That could very easily win them the North, especially while they have defensive issues. Dude, who doesn't? Even if the Packers' defense kind of steps it up, the Bears' defense is a joke. The Lions' defense is a joke, and that's four of their games. How many teams are they going to play that have defensive issues and have nowhere near as good of an offense? Again, anybody can nitpick a team, but do you have the horses to win football games? The Vikings do. I mean, it was a little bit of a fluke, but they still had the ability to do those things. So, I mean, again, I, I, I think the best odds to win the NFC North, in my opinion, genuinely are the Vikings. That would be my pick. If you stole $1,000 from my bank account and said, pick one, I would put it on the Vikings. They dominated the NFC North last year, and even if they regressed, they could easily be better than everybody else. There is a window for the Lions, but they've never proven it, and this is the least impressive offseason they've had since they started this rebuild. Plus, they started losing players. Like, for the first time in their era, they've just been adding, 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 and now they're at the point where you add some and lose some, as far as critical players like Jamal and Swift, which are, I mean, a big part of the team, the culture. Packers, not that, despite everybody else having real issues with it, it's not that hard to figure out how they can be great. If all, they have the best roster. It just comes down to Jordan Love and not underperforming like they did last year. The Bears, I don't really know. Their ceiling, to me, feels kind of like the Vikings, because their defense is not going to be good. It's hard to imagine their offensive line is as good as the Vikings, but it could be a little better. Their weapons are not going to be as good as the Vikings. Their tight end is not going to be as good as the Vikings. But Justin Fields, if he becomes, like, a, a good passer, and he's a really good runner, then he could be the best quarterback in the NFC North, and it wouldn't be that hard to get to that point. But even still, it's like, they would have the still the fourth best offensive line, maybe the third best wide receiver group. They're super excited about it, but the Vikings are number one. Lions, I mean, they, they've, they've got the second best receiver, but they don't really have much after that, especially with everybody being suspended for gambling. But, you know, the, the, the Packers are also being massively underrated. Christian Watson, as far as grades go, is wide receiver three based on what he did last year. Nobody's going to want to admit, oh, no, it's DJ Moore. No, it's not. Wasn't last year. But anyways, <laughs> sure, it could be the Bears. I just think they would have to have help. Everybody would have to be playing at 100%, and you'd have to have the Vikings, Packers, and Lions just being kind of bad. But my, my money would be on them. And then, and then, you know, if you think about the Lions and the way that their fans are, I hear that they're insufferable, but I don't see them. Maybe it's just because there's not a lot of them. I don't know. But 
everything I've seen from consuming content seems reasonable with the Lions. It seems reasonable with the Vikings. And, and Bears fans can get negative, but they've only got two speeds. We're the greatest. We're going to win. Ah, da, da. We're, the, we're just this elite, unbelievable freaking thing. And then as soon as things go bad, it's fire, fire everybody. I mean, they are on their knees worshiping these people like they're deities. And five seconds later, they are the biggest piece of crap fan base in the world. Head coach, fire him. He's a piece of crap. Offensive coordinator. They, they, they wanted that guy fired like nine different times. They wanted, I mean, Eberflus was the greatest head coach in the world, and 10 seconds later, he needed to be fired, right? Roquan is the greatest ever, and then as soon as Roquan gets traded, he's a piece of crap. He wasn't even that good. Get him out of here. There was a time after the 2021 season where they wanted Fields gone. And then, of course, the offseason happened, and he had another bad year, but they convinced themselves that the offensive line and wide receiver group was so bad that they didn't have to pile on Fields. But they're going to eventually if he doesn't massively turn around his ability to throw a freaking football. But man, you want to see Bears fans at their best. Trash Justin Fields and watch how they treat their offensive line, their wide receivers, their coaches, everything. Again, they've only got two speeds. There is no, eh, I don't know, we'll see. No, it's the greatest ever, and you piece of crap, I hope you die. And right now, Bears fans are in full-on deity mode. I mean, fall on their knees, worship Justin Fields, Eberflus, Ryan Poles. Oh my goodness. I'm convinced 20% of them have shrines to either Justin Fields, Ryan Poles, or both. Literal shrines somewhere. I don't mean posters. I'm talking statues that, you know, they fall on their face and worship. But again, believe me, one more bad year, they're going to light those on fire. And then the next offseason, they'll find somebody else to worship. And the media is not helping. They are making things so much worse. I'm just going through, just, just for the heck of it, because I'm, I'm just going through YouTube, finding as many Bears videos as I can find. And it is unbelievable the amount of hype that they're pumping into this team. And I'm sure that's causing it. But again, Vikings fans, although sometimes, obviously, there's disagreements. Lions fans, same thing. I think it's generally reasonable. Bears fans are the only fan base that has just completely lost their freaking mind. Completely lost their mind. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break. If you want to support the podcast, please consider doing so. You can do so for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy or hit me up on Venmo at packernet podcast. Please remember to check the pin post on the top of my Twitter as well as at the top of the Packernet podcast Facebook group. Be sure to join those things and follow me on Twitter, by the way. If you want to see me get into absolute freaking brawls with Bears fans, that's where you can find it. But uh, please, please, please consider giving to that fantastic cause. But again, we're hanging out at 70 donations at uh, about $95 short of $6,000. So if you haven't given yet, please consider doing so. I mean, again, $1 can make a big difference if everybody does it. It's just a matter of taking the time. Think it over. Talk it over. I love the fact that we're a group of people that has the ability to rally around each other when we're in hard times. And I want to make sure we never lose that, uh, that community aspect of this whole thing. So anyways, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Hey, Craig. Um, thank you again for everything uh, you do. It's yes, always uh, entertaining and informative. Uh, I, I had a thought about, um, you know, really young team and often the, the concern about young players learning the playbook and and uh, all the variations. Um, do you think that because a lot of the young players at the key positions are so athletic, I'm thinking Christian Watson and, and Luke Musgrave um, and uh, Aaron Jones and stuff that that maybe it doesn't have to be quite as as deep of a playbook and um, because they can just they're just going to be faster and and uh, than the guy across from them. So yeah, I might you might have seen this play before this setup, but I can get open, so I don't have to have. The number of plays, but the plays we have, we execute well, and again, we just kind of outmuscle them a little bit. So, didn't know if you think that that, that they might uh, change the playbook just based on based on the athleticism and and the youth and uh, on the team. Uh, thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible, and you can even look at it from the opposite perspective and say, do you need a deeper and more complex playbook if you don't have as good or athletic of a roster? I mean, think about the complexity required to find ways to make Alan Lazard successful. Seriously. And then compare that to Christian Watson. You know, Christian Watson is one of only a few people in the NFL. I'm, I'm not going to say one of one. You got Terry Hill and, and some others that can probably do it. But one of the few guys that can take a simple uh, little crossing route or whatever route he happened to have been running on that play and take it to the house. Right, I mean, it's it's a simple thing. Pretty much anybody could have gotten open on that play because it's a zone thing, and, and Jordan Love just has to make the right read, and as soon as he wraps around that player, throw it, and boom, it's a catch, right? Assuming the guy's got some level of hands, it's it's a catch. But the question is, what do you do after that? And when you got guys that are more athletic, so when they're faster, we're talking deeper down the field. You're talking more athletic, so you're talking yards after the catch. You don't have to do as much to get further down the field. Now, I'm not saying it's a good thing, because it's not a good thing. You don't want to have to shorten or condense your playbook, but I think it helps. It helps so that you can keep it more simplistic and just kind of make it, yeah, maybe you got a good read on us, but you still got to stop us. You might know Musgrave's coming across the middle, but as a linebacker, can you run with him? Because if you can't, knowing is not going to help you a ton. And I hope that's somewhat of the direction that they go. Obviously, you never really like things to be dumbed down. You would love it to think that everybody can play at a high level, just like with our defense, right? I don't want to have to think we need to dumb things down for them. They shouldn't have to be. But maybe maybe it's not the worst idea. Just let them go out and line up and just destroy some stuff. But yeah, I mean, let the let their youth and athleticism play to its strengths. You know, when you got Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson and guys that have been in the league for a really long time, Devontae Adams, you can lean on the intelligence and experience because that's where their strength is. That's not the strength of this team. So don't lean on it. And you lean on that by having a massively complex playbook. And that's probably where part of the the uh, complication come with our offense last year because Rodgers is trying to make this offense play to his strengths, which is the intelligence and experience portion. So he's changing lines, doing hand signals, da 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 da, da. But he's playing to the weakness of his own wide receivers instead of playing to their strengths. I think I know what the defense is doing, and so I think I know a better play that we can check to. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe just run the freaking play and throw to the guy that gets open. Seems like that was hard enough of a of a thing for our team to do last year. So maybe just work on doing that. Find the guy that's open and pull the dang trigger. 
Hey, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. Hey. I'd uh, say, how's it doing? How you doing? Because, you know, even though I just did, but I started thinking about it. Everybody asks you that with every call, and you, like, have to answer it every time, even though they listen to the show. And after the very first caller, they could say, well, he's doing fine because he said so. I honestly didn't even think about that, but well said. Um, yeah, I've, I've dealt with that before, working at, uh, working at uh, a liquor store where everybody in line would ask me how I'm doing. It's like... Eight people deep, and every one of them asked me how I'm doing. Did you hear the last person guy? Asked me how I'm doing. <laughs> Tired of saying it, but anyway, get on to my thing. I'm a, I'm calling. Uh, got a little downtime here at work. Kind of a slow start to the day, but I was uh, thinking about some of the stuff we talked about with uh, like commentators and the way that uh, the NFL and teams and players in the NFL, NFL are viewed. Uh, I, I think a lot of the problem because I think we all agree that there's a bit of a problem today. Uh, a lot of the problem comes from the way football is dealt with. Uh, back in the day, you didn't have gambling. You didn't have fantasy football. So commentators and all the, all the talking heads talked about teams as in teams, not individual players. And I think today with gambling, especially, and especially with fantasy football, yeah. people don't think about teams anymore. That's why I think the Packers are getting such a, a down mark because we have an unknown at a very big spot with short club. And so everybody's looking at the whole team and they're saying the whole team is fit because short club is an unknown, which is foolish and silly, you know, for, you know, gambling purposes. People that look at the gambling numbers and, and what the odds and all that are. Well, all the odds are going to be somewhat bad because people don't know, so they're not going to risk their money. They're going to make a more sure bet. In, in terms of that kind of thinking. Uh, we are not a sure thing until somebody actually sees the play. But that doesn't mean it's not good. That doesn't mean we won't be any good. You know, so I think that's a big problem with commentators. And, and plus, you got the ones like Colin Coward. Um, he's all about clickbait. That's all he's into. You know, whatever whatever gets him, you know, looks and reads and, and views, that's all he cares. He doesn't care if it makes any sense. He doesn't care if it's right, wrong, or anything else. He just wants the views. And then, you know, guys like Skip and Shannon, you know, we all agree that they're, 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 they're a clown show. That's all they are. They're, they're there just to be stupid. Um, and then again, the rest of them, you know, you watch the show and you can hear it. You know, Colin, Colin, uh, buddy on his show, that guy's all about gambling. He talks it all the time. Uh, Rick, uh, uh, um, Nick Wright. On his show, all he talks is gambling. He's always mentioned gambling and making sure that the gamblers are getting there. So I think the issue is that the teams and leagues not being looked at the right way anymore. So got to go. Time's up. Yeah, I think you're right. And I've, I've kind of, uh, I've kind of thought about that a little bit, but I don't know the full extent. And I, I just, as you're talking about it, I was wondering, wonder how much fantasy football is just ruined football. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, as much as it, it it's stupid, it makes my job great because it causes people to say stupid stuff, which they're going to do anyways. There's there's always going to be stupid comments, probably more now than ever because it kind of is, ends up being clickbaity or whatever, and people are actually doing it on purpose to where it's it's painfully obvious sometimes. You know, they'll make like a top 10 list and two of the guys just really don't belong. And it's like, oh, come on, man. But this really adds to it. The, the, the benefit is not only does it make this podcast significantly better but there's a lot of opportunities for you guys to make some money find these fantasy football guys and just start betting them like crazy and again justin fields is a serious money maker i doubt anyone's going to pay me a dollar but i've already got two bears fans that are willing to basically donate money to me this year because they don't know and fantasy football is a big part of it he's as far as like fantasy production he's probably going to score a ton of points this is the same thing with cam newton fantasy football people were obsessed with cam newton and they could not understand why, why there were people out there that actually thought Cam wasn't a good quarterback. And, and the, re- the reason is, as far as his ability as a quarterback, he wasn't that great. He had one year of being just freaking dominant. That was the year they went to the Super Bowl. All right, absolutely dominant. But that was it. But in fantasy football, he had a ton of... Uh, so he had his passing yards, which were mediocre. So he's getting points like most midi- mediocre quarterbacks. But they had a ton of rushing yards and a billion rushing touchdowns. So his fantasy points were through the roof. And yeah, I mean, that, that does count for something in terms of uh, value to a football team. If you, can, if you can be on the two-yard line and you can trust him to rush it in, that's obviously valuable. But his ability to get you to the two-yard li- two, two line was less than a lot of other quarterbacks. 
So yeah, it it is annoying because you're arguing with people that, you know, again, it's hard to know everything about the NFL. Nobody really does, right? the, the, The hardcore film study people are completely useless despite their allegiance to film study because guess what? It's impossible to study every single player and compare it to every other player. And that's assuming you are absolutely perfect in your evaluation and got nothing wrong, right? So that's useless. So what do you rely on? Well, you got guys like me who have like PFF and SIS and and, and football outsiders and, and try to pay attention to those things and get a gauge of where everybody's at. Because these are entire entities and organizations that do watch every single player, every single snap, and have very concrete ways of making sure they have an unbiased way of evaluating each player based on the exact same metrics. Exact same. Then there's also a massive category of people who have another way of tracking every single person. Not every single person, but wide receivers and quarterbacks and running backs and tight ends. And it's fantasy football. And they feel as though, because they are immersed in fantasy football, they know these guys' names inside and out. They've got them on three of their fantasy teams, and they've gone up against them. That They have a very good idea of who these people are and what their production is. But they're in a different universe, and and there's a lot of overlap, right? I'm I'm sure there's a lot of wide receivers that um, are both the best wide receivers in football and get the most points, right? But it doesn't always line up. And I think like mobile quarterbacks are the biggest thing. That's the biggest discrepancy because actually being a productive, elite, high caliber quarterback in the NFL means you need to be able to pass well. It's not a it's not a negative to be a great rusher. But everything we know about quarterbacks being the most important piece to any football team, the piece that they're referring to is not running, it's passing. And so when people draft quarterbacks in their fantasy football leagues, occasionally there are metrics that will stand out that are more useful in fantasy football than they are in real football. I don't mean to come at the fantasy community. We've got a great fantasy show on this network, but I just want the fantasy people to understand If that is your baseline, you probably know more than the average rando who just kind of casually watches their own team on Sunday and nothing else. I'll grant you that. But there are people who are immersed in much more high-quality information about all the players across the league, not just quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends, offensive guards and centers and tackles, defensive tackles, right? A lot of different positions. And in a lot more important metrics, right? I mean, you could put fantasy football points... In a category, just like yards and touchdowns and everything else, and it is a useful metric, but but that would be no different than saying, like, passing yards is the only thing that matters. No, it's not. And there are a lot of people that do that, too. They're, they're stat watchers, right? Well, you, you just look at yards and touchdowns and sacks and interceptions, and that's all you know about guys. But you don't want to be one of those guys that, like, you know fantasy football points, and that's all you know, and that's you think is, like, the final determinant of everything. Don't be that dude. And again, I, I do think that's because it, it does answer a lot of questions. The, the obsession with, oh, I don't know, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, quarterbacks, the guys that make the big offensive splash plays, they're fantasy football guys. Tight end, not as much, but you don't usually see the elite prospects. But the, the hype for a potentially elite tight end prospect is much higher than a potentially elite linebacker prospect, even though their values are essentially probably close to identical. And then I think it also ties in, at least to some degree, with the mobile quarterback situation. Hey, Ryan, this is Eric. I'm just giving you a quick call because I'm listening to the um, episode of Packer Net After Dark where you listened to my song, and I'm really glad you appreciated it. Um, so, yeah. That's kind of what I do. I love doing improv, and I just made up the song on the spot. I so the lyrics were obviously terrible. Yeah, um, pretty bad. <laughs> but I'm glad you enjoyed it. That actually is really encouraging to me, as I've got a lot kind of planned in the background of my life, and I don't yeah. often call in with serious things. So I'm just doing that right now. Anyways, I'm also I actually did something good in my life. <laughs> I encouraged a person. See? This podcast isn't just negative and stuff. This this man is going to go on to make millions with his stuff, and that's all because of me. 
And my goodness. So you all can suck it. Thing to later in the episode when Joe the janitor called in about Fleet Farm. And you compared it to Home Depot. And I am kind of... I knew one. I don't want to say offended. I knew 100,000% Wisconsinites would call in and have a panic attack. I, kn- I just knew it. Again, I don't think I've walked into a fleet farm in 20 years. But what I do remember is it's a hardware store. I don't know. Maybe they do have monkeys. You know, they, they got people dressed up in monkey costumes and they've got a, a ball pit and freaking the little tubes that you can run through and all that. I don't know, man. I just know it's a hardware store, and I don't go out of my way to go to them because I don't see any reason to. But anyways, please enlighten me. Because I'm not. But Fleet Farm is like Home Depot on steroids, on I whatever. Have you been to a Home Depot? It's like 60,000 square feet, dude. I can't find my family when we go to Home Depot. Like, if we split up, it's it's an hour, and we're on the phone together. Like, what aisle? Dude, I don't know. I think I'm like a quarter mile northeast on steroids. All right. Let's see what you got to say. Drugs that you can imagine. That, like, that drug that made Captain America Captain America. He okay. went from Steve Rogers strong. to Captain America. Yeah, strong drug. That is what Fleet Farm is to Home Depot. Okay. Fleet Farm is just the <sighs> god of all stores. It, it is Jeez. the Tucker Craft. Of stores wow. because it you can literally get You're anything there. Now. It is incredible, and I Charlie Barron's is not the you bet you guy. He goes along with the you bet you guy, but he is not the you bet you guy. But what? <laughs> I highly recommend going to Fleet Farm and experiencing more of that that place because it is incredible. And well, give me an example. Pretty much anything there. Um, because if I ever want Packer stuff living in Minneapolis, if I ever want Packer stuff, I go to the Fleet Farm in White Bear Lake because they have a lot of Packer stuff there, which is really weird to me, to be honest. But anyways, um, I didn't mean to rant about that. I didn't mean to call you out because you just haven't experienced it enough and that is totally okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, thanks for appreciating my song. Yeah, Thank you for just everything you do because it is actually encouraging and it makes me want to pursue some things that I doubt myself in. There it is. So I'm glad you appreciate all of it. And I just want you to appreciate Fleet Farm for everything that it is. Anyways, have a good night or whatever time it is for you. Bye. Now, I'm going to say something that is going to sound very discouraging. But I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> I did enjoy the ukulele performance. Um, what I know that listeners are not going to enjoy is you and or a bunch of other people calling in regularly with performances. So I'm just going to put it out there now. I enjoyed it. If you did something, if you want to start a YouTube channel, I'll go listen to it. You can even plug it. But I'm going to lose all my listeners if people are like treating this like, uh, freaking America's Got Talent. And everybody calls in like, hey, listen to me play guitar and sing songs about random things. So, I, I'm just putting it out there. I'm not changing my tune. I enjoyed it. Don't do that. Alright, I'm gonna do a quick side-by-side Fleet Farm and Home Depot. And I shouldn't, because, you know, I actually reached out to Home Depot. I was like, hey man, you wanna, like, work together? No response. You know why? I can't say why, because that maybe they'll change their mind or somebody that listens there, works there, listens, I don't know. But I really want to start working with Wisconsin companies, local companies, and they just ignore me. So I'm going to start working with male enhancement companies because they appreciate me for what I do. Does Culver's appreciate me? No. Does Quick Trip appreciate me? They sure don't. Green Bay Packers podcast. Does Home Depot or Fleet Farm appreciate me? They do not. No. Get up drugs. They're the ones that love me. Frickin'. Whatever. All right, anyways, here's the biggest thing. Do you have what I want, and who's cheaper? Big reason I'm starting to like Home Depot, again, I shouldn't be ragging on certain places, but there's an Ace Hardware real close to me. I loved it because they're big on grilling. 
Then I discovered Walmart has everything that I want, just a lot cheaper. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. It's Walmart. So I started going to Walmart. Turns out Home Depot, cheaper than Walmart. Freaking blew my mind because I thought Walmart was just like the poor people store. That's like a fancy Aldi. You know what I mean? It's like a high class poor people store, which is where I need to shop. Home Depot, I thought it was like, you got to be super rich to go to Home Depot because that's where you do like, oh, I'm going to redo my kitchen for 10 grand. Like, dude, that's where rich people go. I can't afford crap in there. Maybe a hammer or something cheaper at Home Depot. Bag of Kingsford charcoal. Yes, I use Kingsford. I've tried other stuff. Kingsford is just what I like. Although I do want to try Jealous Devil. A lot of people love that. I've never used it. It's very expensive, so I don't buy it. 16 pounds at Fleet Farm, 20 bucks. 16 pounds at Home Depot, 17 bucks. I'm just saying. All right, how about a Weber grill? They probably keep the prices consistent. I've, I've noticed on certain things, they're like, you have to sell all my stuff at the same price. So it might be the exact same price. But just out of curiosity, 22-inch, 140 bucks. No, 150 at Home Depot. It might be worth kind of just checking back and forth a little bit, I guess, depending on what you're getting. Anyways, if I feel like it, I'll stumble into one one of these days and see it, see it in all its glory. But um, I don't know. Haven't, haven't been to one in forever. Hey, Ryan, let's calm down. I just want to say I'm sorry for the way that I treated you about your lack of knowledge of Fleet Farm. <laughs> um, because not everyone's been there. Like, I've never been to Disney World or Disneyland. But, hey, I, I refuse. I'm not going to have an opinion on it. Anyway, I still think <laughs> Disneyland and Disney World are pretty cool. And I want to go someday. But anyways, um, this is something completely different. Um, so... Every time I see Aaron Rodgers in the media at, like, some games or whatever, it just seems like he's kind of a bomb waiting for the spark, waiting for his fuse to be lit before he just loses his mind. (laughs) I'm legitimately worried about the guy. Doesn't like. I'm glad. I hope he's actually happy. I I really do. But every time I see him, it just there's something about it that just seems off. Like if he can be less cringeworthy when he is portraying a Nicolas Cage character, I like that. Than when he is just being a normal professional Aaron Rodgers self. I think there's something wrong there. I really hope he's okay. I really do. Because looking at the Packers as they are now, and how they are banding around Jordan Love, and how they are coming together as a team, is absolutely incredible to see. But then I see Aaron Rodgers, who it looks like, it looks like a guy who's just trying to hold down so much pressure that he just doesn't know how to do it. And he's given us so many years that it's, for me, I respect the guy enough to care about him. And I just hope he's okay. Because sometimes when he's in the media, it just seems like something's wrong. And I don't know if anyone else is picking up on that. Or if it's just me, but I'm usually a pretty good judge of body language and character and everything. But anyways, that being said, I just don't think the Jets are going to be good this year. As much as everyone's saying that they are, I don't think they're going to live up to expectations. All it's going to take is... so. No, I, I, I'll i let him finish. Just got a little bit to add here. I'm legitimately sorry for calling good, three times in a row, so I'm going to make this short. But I just hope Aaron Rodgers is okay. And it's just going to take a drop or two from Garrett Wilson and the young receivers that they have in New York, and things are going to fall apart, and he's going to lose his mind. And that's all I've got to say. Bye. I mean, I, I it's entirely possible... Right, I don't know. My my thought is he he looks happy as opposed to when he was here. I don't think he did. 
Um, but I, I, I get what you're saying in terms of it's entirely possible that it's it's almost like a fake happy, you know, where you, you kind of put on a show to kind of swallow the pain. But I don't know. I, I, I guess it's one of those things where I don't really have any reason to take it there. And, and make what I'm seeing more complicated than, than what it is. I, I, I'm just going to take it at face value and not overanalyze the situation. What I will say, though, is in, in regard to like the, the drop passes and whatnot, I think the happiness can certainly change rather quickly. Um, I am one of the Packer fans that is in agreement that I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good year. I think that may be slightly overstated because I, I don't, I would be surprised if it was as good as what he had in, in 2020 or, I don't know, about 2021 maybe, I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, the reason I say that is their offensive coordinator there is not Matt LaFleur. He is a Matt LaFleur wannabe who was a massive disaster in Denver the one time he stepped in and tried to be the play caller there. They have a great wide receiver, but it's not Devontae. If if only, because he, he might even be better than uh, what he was last year and take a step and be a top five guy and kind of in that Devontae category but part of what made Devontae as good for Rodgers as he was was the understanding that they had together right just the the simple nod and they both understood being a great route runner is like 50% of what made that pairing as good as it was you have a defensive head coach as opposed to an offensive head coach which he's had his entire career and this is probably the worst offensive line he's ever played behind Defense is is probably going to be quite good, probably better than what he's had in Green Bay. Not definitely, like everyone's trying to make it out to be, but probably better, considering the bar is quite low. But that's not going to mean anything. The, the, The Jets' defense, I understand it's beneficial, but the Jets' defense is not going to make the situation less frustrating when they start on the 50 and can't get a first down. Do you remember how quickly Aaron Rodgers was able to get angry? Remember I talked about that Detroit Lions game? And he started throwing a temper tantrum, like, in the first quarter. I didn't, I didn't even start watching from the beginning. I was just trying to find something. And it was, it was maybe halfway through the first quarter, and he is throwing an absolute fit on the sideline. It doesn't take very much. And it doesn't matter how good of a job the defense is doing. If Aaron Rodgers is like, all right, let's go do this, and immediately gets sacked, he's going to be pissed. And on the other side of the coin is, he's being absolutely doted upon in New York. I don't know, but I don't think that's going to last super long if things don't go great. Now, I tend to think that New Yorkers would give him a little bit of grace. I think they're going to lose week one. The, the idea that that's like a foregone conclusion that Rodgers is just going to smoke the Buffalo Bills is a little silly. I would still take the Buffalo Bills. I don't know. Anything could happen. Bills could lose to the Jets with Zach Wilson for all I know. I have no idea what's going to happen. But, I mean, the Bills are a proven entity that, that is a Super Bowl contender year after year, and the Jets are a bottom-of-the-barrel team for the last, what, two, three decades? I'm not just going to grant them anything. But there is a guy on YouTube, and I understand it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, a you know, number one, he could just be goofing around. Number two, he doesn't necessarily represent every single Jets fan. forgot, I, I should, I think I have his video sitting right here. I do. The Carton, Carton Show? which is funny because it looks like cartoon, which pretty much what all these shows are. But the Carton Show, which is a part of some kind of network, I'm assuming. I don't know if it's CBS, NBC, ESPN, whatever. His whole thing is like massive optimism. It, it's funny because it reminds me very much of like how Bears fans operate. The way that I describe them is in terms of like being in love and then just falling, you know, completely giving up on them. But he's upfront about it. Right, he flat out says Aaron Rodgers and this Jets team is like Super Bowl contender, like they're going to be all this and that. And he says if they lose to Buffalo Week One, and then he turned around and he kicked over a poster of Aaron Rodgers and is like, "Screw that guy." Now again, I'm sure there's a, that's a little bit tongue tongue in cheek, but that's going to be a massive blow to this idea that like we we can because because that's the thing. Like the whole point of this is we're taking a swing in a Super Bowl. And if it becomes clear that, like, yeah, you're good, but you're not, like, a Super Bowl contender good, that sucks. And then, like, how much more do things unravel from there? I'm assuming it's the, the rest of their schedule is quite a bit easier, and they're going to go on somewhat of a winning streak. I don't know, but that's most teams, right? Most teams are playing bad teams, so I get annoyed by that. Well, we got an easy schedule. Bro, everybody's got an easy schedule. <laughs> you think everybody just plays the Chiefs every week? Like, oh, man, Chargers got it rough. They play the Chiefs every other week, bro. It's tough. No, you you play a handful of actual contenders, and the rest is just garbage. That's what the Packers' schedule looks like. That's what the Bears' schedule looks like. That's what the Jets' schedule looks like. That's what the Chiefs' schedule looks like. 
Because most teams are just not genuinely legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Anyways. So I, I, I see the, the path to the Jets being a fantastic football team, right? Like I've talked about everywhere, you can see the path for a lot of teams. I think the Jets are one of the easier teams to write a script for in which they are a dominant football team. But I also feel like it's, it's kind of paper thin. Again, the offensive line is suspect. Rodgers is a little bit iffy, right? I, I was the number one uh, person saying anyone that says that Aaron Rodgers won MVP just because of love is stupid. And then it came out of Rodgers' own mouth. Now, again, maybe he's just saying it to talk a bunch of crap, but that came out of his mouth. I guess he's got a new chip on his shoulder for the Packers or whatever, but the whole, you know, reason you got good was because of a thing, and then that all fell apart. So, I mean, there's there's conflicting things. I don't really know how it's going to go. I'm just assuming if you get a fully focused and fully healthy Aaron Rodgers, you're going to get a good football player. But there's just a lot of a lot of landmines all over the place that could lead to something bad. But to get back to the main topic at hand, I tend to think he's genuinely happy. Maybe not nearly as happy as he's leading on, because again, he's clearly very bitter about, about a lot of things and can go from zero to super ticked off real fast, which is, I'm pretty sure, not what his books tell you to do. But whatever. He seems happy. I think he's genuinely happy. He's enjoying himself. I think that'll probably kind of continue, and it'll be up to him how long it continues. You know, you get sacked, you can get up and be like, it's all good. Or you can get sacked and get up and start screaming at your offensive line and call them a bunch of pieces of crap and go to the sideline. And when somebody wants to talk to you, you flip them off and go sit there and just say, get away from me. And, you know, it's up to you how this goes. Hey, Ryan. Steve. What's going on, Steve? I uh, believe I'm in the second day quadrant because everybody's making a big deal out of that. You know, get over it, people. We all know that we're going to kind of do what we do. Ryan likes how we do what we do. So we're going to do what we do, and he'll just kind of monitor us a little bit. Big Brother's out there watching us. <laughs> but, uh, hey, man. Not sure what we're talking I've about. I've been sitting here, I appreciate and I'm, I'm doing my whole barbecue thought thing, hey, thinking yo. the sandwiches and what I'm doing and what I got going on. And then in my mind came up something that I think as uh, summertime is here, um, we for you guys, still cold up here. <laughs> I really think we're going to have a, a season without a summer. But, um, sorry, squeaky chair. Um, burgers. Yeah. Love them. Occasionally talk about burgers. I know uh, you're an indirect fire burger guy. Yep. You talked about it. But something I don't think that we talked about at all, because it's all about cooking the burgers. I don't think anybody's thought about how to make a good burger, which is the working of the burger yeah. to make a good burger. Don't pack it. Um, I, I think anybody that goes out there and does any of these things, if, if you're using any kind of little little TV press things, get away from those yeah. things, stop using those things. You have to learn how to make a hamburger. So, I know this is outside of anything, Right now we're getting into the out season and I want to be the first more person to like jump on the barbecue time of the year, which is, Do it. you know, the next, what, five weeks. We're going to barbecue because we got no, no football. I want to be the first guy out there. So making a burger, any kind of, any kind of hamburger you get, you got to take it and you got to work the meat, weigh your, where you, I prefer to weigh the burgers out so everybody's getting the same burger, but you weigh it too, yeah. and, and there's a good size that you have. You work the meat until you got the right feel, and then you got to patty it, right? I'm going to run out of time. I got about 30 seconds left, but I'm going to run out of time. I'm going to call back. So you got to work the patty on it. The trick is it, as I see it, is, is the thumb. As you work it, as you're making the patty, you're going to have one thumb, whether you're left or right-handed, that Turn has that a good edge. angle to the edge of the patty, and you've got to crease in the patty. Going to call back. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, 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 I'm not a anything aficionado, and that includes burgers, although it is one of my favorite things to make. Um, it is one of the, the few things that I am incredibly proud of in terms of the quality of the burgers that I produce. Um, and yeah, a couple of the things, it's not that I necessarily do it 
correctly all the time, but things that I do know. First of all, don't go getting lean meat. I know, I mean, just, just basics. For example, let's just talk about me not knowing stuff a long time ago. I was of the opinion at one point, probably prior to me even buying a Weber grill, that since 90-10 is more expensive than 80-20, that's percentage of meat to fat, it must be a higher quality, right? Makes sense. You want more meat, and I mean, nothing wrong with fat, but they're just using fat as filler. They're trying to rip me off. No, give me that 90, son. Don't use that. You need fat in the burger. So I know some people will go uh, all the way to 70-30. I haven't messed with it, so I don't know, but I do know that that is a thing. Some people grind their own meat, so it's not an exact science. But So that's one thing. The other thing, and there's a lot of different blends, but I, I'll say this. There is a huge difference between 80-20 ground beef and 80-20 ground chuck. It is a massive difference. I'm surprised the level to which there is a big difference. Now, other people, you know, you grind up brisket and all these different kinds of blends, and I'm sure it's amazing, but just so you know, if you're specifically buying ground beef for burgers, don't get ground beef. I mean, you can. It's, it'll make a fine burger. Get ground chuck, 80-20 ground chuck. And then, yeah, weigh out the burger so everyone's getting the same size. Um, the way that I cook burgers, whether it be sous vide and or indirect, which I should be cooking at sous vide because... Technically, it's not food safe to cook, you know, medium rare or medium burgers when you're dealing with ground beef. I usually don't care. I do it anyways. Anyways, that's a separate thing. But considering I either do sous vide or indirect, it doesn't really matter the thickness. It's going to come out amazing every single time. And the thicker is generally the better. So I would probably go with like a half pound burger. If you're doing like direct flame, you probably want to go for a little bit thinner than that would be my assumption. I don't know. And then as far as uh, not overworking it, if you really smash down the meat, you get this very dense patty. If you allow it to be a little bit more, um, less compressed, you're leaving little tiny pockets in there, which can hold fat and juice and deliciousness. And then as far as seasoning, for me, salt, pepper, garlic, I like mixing it in. I think conventional wisdom is just sprinkle salt on right before you put it on the grill. I like mixing it. I don't know. It's just what I like to do. Maybe it's because you overwork it when you mix in the seasonings. I'm not sure. Um, other than that, I mean, do it how you want to do it, but medium rare, 135, get a good sear, and toast your buns. And I don't mean just regular toasting. Don't just throw some stupid dry buns over a fire or cast iron or however you do it. You butter them, you sprinkle garlic on them, then you put a crust on them. But I think that's it. I think that's about everything. And again, if you are worried about the food safety, and the reason that you can cook a steak to 135 and not necessarily ground beef is because the stuff on the surface of the meat, the germs and, and whatnot that are on the surface of the meat, are going to be cooked off if you cook the internal to 135. But if you mix it in, then the stuff on the outside gets mixed to the inside. And so now the inside needs to be cooked to a higher temperature. You're supposed to be cooking ground beef to 165. So if you're worried about that, just get yourself a sous vide immersion circulator, cook it to medium rare and throw it on the grill. Anyways, Steve, go ahead and finish this up here. Part two, you got a crease in the patty with the thumb as you're pressing it between oh, yeah. your palms. There's that, that dimple thing, too, which I, I don't know why I don't usually do that. but So that you're eliminating openings, okay? You're sealing those little ridges because if you think about it, when you make the ball, if you make a hamburger because you kind of ball it up and you work it, which, by the way, I really think you got to understand working it until – the fat and the meat is not, it, it's, it's become one solid thing, almost like you're making a meatball. Very different advice. It's a one solid thing. And then as you start to press it, you'll get those little crease lines where it cracks and it opens. Well, that's where your thumb works to seal those edges. So as you turn it, you seal those edges, and, and you press it so it's nice and uniform. That will make you the best burger. I've tested this. I got I got 30 years of working food in multiple restaurants. I've taken preformed patties and reformed them into burgers and made them, and everybody thought they were better than the burger that we normally make in the place. It's the same meat. It's just how you work it. So you've got to learn how to make a proper burger patty before you can make a proper burger on your grill. All right. That's, that's my thing. I wanted to be the first one this year to come out and start to, like, jump on the summertime grilling. 
All right. Um, Brian, uh, I don't know if you see or how to send properly. I'm, I'm a very bad tech guy, but I've been picking on the uh, Facebook page because I got that and I found that and I'm starting to look at it a little bit. Uh, I'm going to post up uh, my smoker working and uh, let you all see what it looks like with some, some serious ribs and you know, pork shoulders and I got some chicken wings that I got to do and some other stuff. So if uh, if it's not a big problem for putting it on there, nah, you do. What you, you know, because I know that's more football. I kind of flash through it. It seems to be all football and not that barbecue stuff. I don't want to like mess up some side thing. But I like y'all to see what some good barbecue looks like and and the whole process because it, it's better with some video. So all right, man. I'm gonna let y'all go. Have a good night. Bye. All right, cool, man. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just scrolling through the group trying to see if I can find it. Um, I forgot about this here. I have to circle back to that. But um, man, why do I have to ban so many stupid people in this stupid spammy idiot groups? Anyways, I don't know if you did it, but I don't see it on there. So if you're waiting for permission, you just got it. Just introduce yourself and whatnot. You know. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Goodbye.